Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Kings. Your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Papianis launching a three to end his rookie season. Came off the iron. Rebounded by the Clippers. That will do it. And another season of Sacramento Kings NBA basketball is now officially in the book. Final score tonight, 115 to 95. The Clippers end the season with 51 wins, 31 losses. The Kings end their season with 32 wins and an even 50 losses. The 32nd season of Sacramento Kings basketball in the capital city comes to an end. On Wednesday night, Game 82, the Clippers secures the fourth seed with a win, their 51st win. Kings, unfortunately, out of the 32 years in Sacramento, lose 50 games for the 16th time. Their year ends 32 and 50. Welcome into Locked on Kings. I'm Jason Ross. Again, each and every day we're here for you on Locked on Kings. We're going to check in with our executive producer on the Kings broadcast, Dave Deuce Mason, here in just a moment. But first, kind of not going to do a whole lot on the Kings and Clippers game because, I mean, 115-95, there wasn't a lot of takeaways from the game. As you know, the Kings down to basically seven available bodies. You had to have eight in uniform. Undermanned, Clippers had to win. Clippers won the game, pretty much controlled the game. But kind of going to talk about more of the circumstances now of of what's next for the Sacramento Kings. So 32-50, Kings now have the eighth worst record for the season. That puts them in the eighth spot pre-lottery. Lottery is May 16th and did some numbers between the 2016 draft to 2000. And last year, by the way, the Kings were slotted in the lottery at number eight. They ended up at number eight. No change anywhere in the lottery. In fact, everything went 14 to one exactly how it went in. That's no changes. Um, so in those years, from 2016 to 2000, when the Kings, or excuse me, when the eighth spot pre-lottery where the Kings are now, there are three occasions where that team, whoever was in eighth, moved into the top three. So you would say considered winning the lottery. Remember, they only draw the top three spots, and then it's seeding after that. So 2013, the eight seed pre-lottery jumped to number three in the draft. 2011, the eight seed actually won the lottery. And in 2001, the eight seed moved up to number two. Um, the Pelicans, who the Kings will also have a first-round pick, they picked 10th, and there's some concern about could the Kings lose their pick if the Pelicans move into the top three, which that's what is slated to happen if they go into the top three. Kings would lose the pick. It would stay with the Pelicans. Well, in that same time, 2016 to 2000, a 10 seed has never moved into the top three. They've got about a 4% chance. It can happen but a very minimal chance. So we'll see how that goes. Root for lottery luck for sure coming up on uh, May 16th. Now, as far as the Kings season went, certainly some highs and lows, some difficult things, but let's kind of get a little perspective on that from the coach, Dave Yeager, right after the loss to the Clippers. 
Uh, we coached them as hard as we could. We pushed them as hard as we could. We encouraged as hard as we could. And uh, guys have really hung in there. You know, what's validation for it? Well, you know, for in game 82, they had their, you know, their starting group on the floor with five minutes to go maybe, you know, for whatever reason. But they had to, you know, because we pushed them to it. And we pushed it to them last week. And so... Um, I wish them the best of luck. I've been battling against those guys for years as an assistant coach in Memphis and a head coach, um, and this really could be their year. They could they could really do something. They're uh, they're in a rhythm and uh, they're playing well, and I want to wish them uh, all the best. Coach, what would you say after 82 games is maybe your biggest individual accomplishment this season and the biggest accomplishment for your team? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know what mine would be. I mean, I, I'm just proud that we finished strong. You know, there was no letting go of the rope. And, uh, you know, that's a real credit to the leadership. But also, guys, you can't just have leaders. you got to have people that are willing to take a following role. And our younger guys gravitated to that. And they'll tell you who their vet is in there. You know what I mean? They'll tell you, yeah, that's my vet. Or, hey, i, I got to get extra work today because, you know, I'm a rookie. And they've, they've gravitated to that, too. Uh, so, you know, there's been better wins uh, and some highlight wins in this season. There's been some ones where we wish the ball would have bounced a different way. Generally, after this season's over, those things even themselves out. Uh, but I am proud of just the way that we finished and uh, looking forward to, you know, carry some positive energy into the offseason. And we have some consistency, some stability uh, in our organization, and uh, I think that's the most positive thing. Did you uh, meet expectations, what you might have had before this season? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I never put a number on it, you know what I mean? I let Vegas do that. I think they had us at 32 and a half, I think. <laughs> I'm not supposed to talk about that, but, um, you know, it was a crazy year, so. I mean, obviously expectations change, but the, you do still believe the foundation has been laid as far as just how you want to play, the way these guys work now, and then that'll make things going into the summer and the fall a lot more, a lot smoother. Just going yeah, X's and O's, I, I don't know how it'll come out yet, but, you know, we want to be a, known as a, you know, hard-nosed bunch of guys that care about each other and, and uh, go out and compete every night, and uh, I think, you know, we've, we've laid that down. Still some cement to lay down. You know, we're going to be a very young group next year. I uh, don't know exactly what we look like and, and how that all comes out, but we're going to be young so there's still going to be a period of of, um, uh, of laying some foundation work and the heavy lifting and it is very important that uh, our veterans are quality people uh, and good players to take some of that hits for those guys and yet be be um, patient with those guys as, as they grow and make some mistakes thank you guys thank you. Coach loves that phrase, guys didn't let go of the rope, and I think that's so true. We talked for so long about what's the identity of this Sacramento Kings team. I think by the end of the year, we found it. A team that plays hard, a team that plays for one another, and a team that seems to like each other. So if you think about, and Coach referenced it, what Vegas had for this team, they said 32 wins, 32 and a half. Well, there they are, right at 32 wins. But I think with Rudy playing 30 games, Cousins playing 55 of the games. Collison is your next best player, right? Playing about 66. I don't know if I'll go as far as overachieved, but those were some pretty good obstacles. If you had known before the year that Rudy would play 30, DeMarcus would play 55, and Collison, what, 66 of the 82, I would not have guessed 32 wins. I really wouldn't. So what that has taught me, and you think about the other part, what Coach Yeager has done, and personally, I think he's done a really good job. I really do. I think him and the coaching staff, player development will be paramount in the offseason on them, on the players, and they've had to change a style. You go through camp. That's basically your team identity is training camp. You've got an idea of how you want to play, how you want to work Cousins, make him more of a three-point shooter. Rudy is a key offensive contributor. You lose him. You trade Cousins. 
and then you revamp it. You also trust a guy like Matt Barnes, who's not on your roster anymore. Caspi, who goes through camp, was kind of eh, kind of on the fringe of the rotation, but a guy that's played a lot of NBA minutes, and you finish the year with guys like Galloway, Buddy Heald, uh, Willie playing more, Papianis, Scalabi Sierra. So a completely different team, and they still found their way to get 32 wins. In fact, I know this is something that I'm guilty of saying, and Henry and Bobby, guys that I work with on the radio side, they say, you know, at the beginning of the year, you got to give a team about 20, 25 games. Well, let's look at the first 25 games this year. The Kings went 9-16, and 16, trying to figure themselves out. Well, since the trade, this team played 25 games, the final 25 games of the year. So ideally, you give them 25 games. They went 8-17, and 17, really not much of a difference. And you lost your best player. And your second best player wasn't on, didn't play any of those games either. So, again, I'm not trying to say pie in the sky. This is all great. But I will say I'm very optimistic about what this offseason can be. With, let's just give them pick 8 and pick 10. And whatever free agency they attack, whatever guys they elect to keep, and then how they grow. They're going to be a young team again, but I believe in their coach. I believe in their staff. And just leave the front office as is. Leave it and just let it grow and start the process. Utah got there over time. Teams get there over time. I know it's been a long time, but I really feel like this is the best laid out plan they've had in a while. Just leave it and let it work and add the right pieces and go from there. All right, guest time here now on Locked on Kings. The second most popular guest on Locked on Kings, Dave Deuce Mason. The exact, second? Yeah, I, I'm sorry. The title there it it the title belongs to Morgan Reagan. That's not true. There's more. I got. I have to think how I say this. There's more morons than deuce bags. Not true. Number one, she's only made one appearance. This is my but third and counting. I'm getting one of those jackets like Tom Hanks does on SNL because it might be of more than three. How often I've been on this podcast. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. But of course, yeah. people should check out the Deuce and Mo podcast or just Deuce. I guess really not yeah. even Mo. It's not. She's really just kind of that side car. It's not really important. Like Sonic had tails. It's Sonic's game. Remember Sonic the Hedgehog and yeah. Sega? Wait, Sonic had what? Tails. That was Tails is a stupid character that no one else cared about. Sonic is the main character. Same I thing with the Deuce Mo podcast. I, I never heard of Tails, so yeah. So that's what Morgan is, Tails? Thank you. All right, <laughs> there you go. Uh, so the season has come to an end. Uh, eventful season, a lot of stuff. I know you and I have had people talk to us at the arena for the final game the other day. Hey, you guys looking forward to the season to be over? And usually my answer is yes, but I feel like mine's not this year. I'm kind of ready for more, but... What, what are you, when yeah. people say, are you, are you glad the season's over, Deuce? No, because it, we hit the reset with 25 games to go. They trade Cousins, and now it's like you're starting anew a little bit. Think about the first half of the season. The three rookies were in Reno. Buddy Heald's in New Orleans. Willie Cauley-Stein was playing like five minutes a game. Post-trade, Willie's playing 30 minutes a game. His numbers have gone up. We see that Scow could be something. Papa Giannis has shown glimpses of, wow, this guy's working hard. He lost weight. He can play a little bit. Malachi's hurt, but Buddy Heald is thriving in Sacramento. So here they are in the final 24 games, now 25 uh, with tonight. Um, they actually played the young guys. You draft guys and develop them. What a concept. So would you say there's hope or is this hopeless? No, there's definitely hope. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know what it's going to turn into. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, Scal's going to be an all-star and Buddy's going to be an all-star, but... I think Buddy has shown he can score in the NBA. Does that mean he's an all-star? I don't know, but I think he's got a spot in the NBA. Scow looks like he could be a player. Like I think his ceiling is probably the highest. Papa, who knows, a role player maybe in the league. And Malachi, it's just not enough there. I like what I saw early on, but there's it's such a small sample size. But what I think they have with those guys 
all four guys work hard and they're good guys. They all want to get better. You know, some of you get some of these young guys. They, you know, they maybe not work hard. All these guys work hard, and I think going to Reno for Malachi, Papa, and for Scal was a it was a big step for them. If you know, right away we talked about the trade either on your podcast, the Dusimo podcast, or here on Locked On Kings. People make immediate reactions. Well, now it's been almost two months, and it's still really not fair to make a full evaluation. But now that it's been a little more time, we've seen the 25 games really for each team. Neither team made the playoffs. Any different feel about the trade or still kind of the same? I think I feel decent about it. Like, you can go ahead and say, well, if they would have done it last year, they would have been further ahead, maybe even had better draft picks this year. But where they're going to be slotted, they're going to have two draft picks. I think if Cousins was here and they played it out, did not make the trade, I don't think the young guys are playing. I don't think you're going to see Scal much. Willie may be kind of like he was in the first half of the year. Papa's probably not playing at all until like the last few games of the year. And you're probably winning maybe, I could be wrong, but maybe a few more games and then losing your pick to Chicago. So in one of the deepest drafts ever, you would not have a pick at all. Now the Kings, after moving on with Cousins, they're playing young guys. They got Buddy healed, and they're going to have two first-round picks unless something crazy happens. That's a pretty good thing. Now, of course, now they got to execute it. They've got to make good draft picks. More importantly, player development now. This summer is going to be key for these young guys to come back and make serious steps in their game. Yeah, they wouldn't have caught Portland. Portland got over 40. That just no, wasn't going to happen. Absolutely not. Yeah, wasn't wasn't going to happen. Uh, how about a season highlight then? So when we kind of look back at years, there's play, I mean, a lot of the games blend together. Opening a new arena is yeah. one, the big trade. I mean, but what what stands out? What are your takeaways from the season? You're talking about is just simply moments that stand yeah, out. Like well, something that you'll remember. I think going back to the Cousins against Portland when he had 55, it was the most bizarre thing. He gets ejected from the game. Classic Cousins moment. Key moment in the game, he gets ejected. And they review it and go, oh, never mind, come back out. And he sprints back out of the tunnel. That was the WWE crowd's going like. nuts. You wrote that script. Yeah, it was awesome. And yeah. then he comes in. The Kings end up winning that game against Portland. That was a cool moment. Some of the other cool moments. i got to be honest, the, the last home game I thought was so cool. Mm-hmm. Because with the perspective I had was this team is missing the playoffs for the 11th straight year. There's, there's really nothing to play for. They're taking on the lowly Phoenix Suns. But there was a buzz in the building like it was game 22 and there was hope like this team was going to be a playoff team. The energy was there. They were passionate. The standing ovation they gave to Ty Lawson for getting his first career triple-double. He got a triple-double in a meaningless game against Phoenix. And this this fan base, for whatever reason, is going just absolutely nuts. I seriously do think they have one of the best fan bases in all of basketball because they live and die with this team. And even though they have not made the playoffs in 11 years, they're still into the game, and I just think that's cool. You go to other markets. I was talking to Bobby Jackson about this. He's played in Minnesota. He played in Denver. He played Houston, in New Orleans, yeah. Houston. You know, late in the year, if your team's out of it, it's dead. It's like uh, you're getting 10,000. Actually, an example I brought up with Morgan earlier was you look at Minnesota. If I if you sw- switch positions, if Sacramento had Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Levine, and Thibodeau as their coach— 17,000 people a night. Same thing in Sacramento. True. You go to Minnesota right now, they get like 12,000. Denver was in the mix for the eighth spot. They have a young player in Jokic, a coach that a lot of people like in Michael Malone. They're getting 12,000 people a night. The Kings, and it, it, it's not just the new arena. I mean, you go back to 
the old barn too and yeah. it was the same thing so I, I do appreciate that and that's why that was one of my favorite moments of the season just the fans with everything they've been through still supportive what's reassuring to me i'm you know, you can never say 100%, but I'm about 99.9% sure there won't be a coaching change for a change. <laughs> never and, say never. I know. You, you can't yeah. say no, but I don't think it's going to happen, and it shouldn't happen. I think they got the right guy there, which is good. Yeah, I think so, too. Now, the the thing, I think this offseason, don't make changes to the front office. Please. And don't make any coaching Yeah, leave it as changes. It yeah. Stability for one summer. I think it would be a mistake if they decided to move on from Vlade. I don't think they're going to, but again, with this organization we've seen in the past, they'll do some shocking things. Or, wait, wait, they just fired Michael Malone. What? We saw that we didn't really see that one coming. The Vlade thing is like, hey, you let him make this significant trade. Let him see through those draft picks. And hopefully, if they want to add to the front office to get some more help in there, get more advanced scouting or, you know, uh, some of those analytic guys cool i'm all about that but in terms of like the the hierarchy of the front office i see leave it as is all right as far as some of the decisions they have to make these are decisions obviously for vladi in the front office but whether it's lawson collison ben yeah well rudy it's his decision but i don't know looking at those four guys you can make arguments for all of them coming back i don't know that they all will what, what do you think about who might be back with the kings i think there's a chance rudy opts into the final year of his contract i would not resign him to like some long-term deal yeah, just what he is at but the, the the position the kings are in from a salary cap standpoint is very unique because all their young players are on rookie deals they're gonna have so much money to spend the only guys they really have under contract what temple and we're talking about beyond rookie yeah. contracts you got garrett temple Tolliver, who has a buyout, Aaron Aflalo, who has a buyout, Costa Kufis. So and Collison's a free agent. Yeah, everyone else Ty Lawson's a, a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone's on, so you're gonna have so much money that you you have to spend. You have to reach like the the minimum. Yeah. So it, it would help if Rudy came back from that standpoint. Maybe he plays well and then you can move him at the deadline for something. Maybe you just let him play out the contract. I don't know. Um and you're gonna add more rookie deals. So you're gonna have to spend some money. Would you bring Collison back if you're paying him? Let's give him a two-year, twenty-six million dollar deal. But yeah, that's, two that's, years though. Yeah. You know, and maybe he's like the guy, and you know, he's conf- He could he could be a backup too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, contracts are more expensive than ever. Right. Let him be the back backup, and hopefully, the guy you draft as a rookie can finally come on and and be the starter at some point next year. I don't know, something like that. Um, in terms of Ben. I mean, if you brought him back on his where does he fit though? four million? But that's the thing when you got Malachi, buddy. If you want to add in Bogdan Bogdanovich, who we're not even talking about now, they have to work out some sort of deal with him. You know, what do you pay Bogdan Bogdanovich, who's right. twenty four years old? He's six six. I, I know fans are excited about him because he's the unknown. Yeah, what we, is he? I'm sorry, you know, I don't know about you, Mor- uh, Morgan. Hey, <laughs> Jason. Hi. I'm not sitting around watching Euroleague <laughs> games. All right, I've seen Bogdanovich play a little bit in the Olympics. I don't know what he is. Yeah. So are you going to go pay him $9, $10 million to come over here? We'll see. But you add him to the mix, where does Ben fit in? That's exactly right. Ben's a nice kid. I just don't know if he's really going to get much better in the NBA. I'm really surprised the uh, basketball beacon, the all-knowing basketball guy doesn't watch European games. Well, y- y- I'm glad you bring that up because yeah. that's something I do after the NBA oh, season. Oh, so you'll have your full when scouting I start, report? Yeah, when I start breaking down college film and then Bogdanovich film. Yeah, absolutely. So how does uh, Deuce Mason get better then for next year? Like, what do you work on in your off season? Does your season never end? Yeah, season never ends, yeah. Jay. You know, it's just you keep grinding. Yeah. Keep like I grind. told uh, Vivek did one time. Did you truly once tell Vivek Ranadive to keep grinding? I really, I did. And uh, it was, 
How was it received? The first game after – no, it, was it the first game after the Cousins trade? No, I think – well, it was near it. Yes. Yes, it was after they it beat wasn't. Denver. It was oh, after, after they okay. beat Denver. It was that next game. I can't remember who they were playing. But they got they got beat pretty bad, yeah. I think, in that game. And I was staying next to Vivek. Like, yeah, yeah, tough times. They said, but you know what? When it turns around, it's going to be such an amazing feeling. And I gave him a couple pats on the back and said, keep grinding. And he called and for I, security. No, he didn't. But okay. I realized after, I'm like, did that come off condescending? Like, I give the owner of the Kings a cup, a pat on the back and say, keep grinding? I didn't mean it that way, but I felt like it came off that way. Keep grinding. I keep grinding. Yeah. Pat on the back. Go get him. Hey, rub some dirt on it, kid. Yeah. Get back in there. My goodness. Well, he hasn't been spotted around you anytime since. No, not yet. Yeah, not yet. Until they hire me as GM. Yeah. Is there a future in that for you? Well, we'll see. The basketball mind. <laughs> know your basketball kids. When's your next Know Your Basketball Kids? Do you still do that on uh, Do Some Mo Podcast? Uh, I busted Playoff it out edition? last week. I did a little KYBK, a smaller edition. I, You know, when people don't understand certain things like the whole MVP race, and I bring up, hey, you know, Moses Malone won it two times when his team won like 43 to 45 games. Yeah. So Westbrook winning is not that ridiculous. And so Kareem, you're Russell? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, losing record. Losing record won the MVP. That's crazy. Um, so who is your MVP? Uh, well, the season uh, is over now, so I think I should have that, huh? Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I was leaning toward Harden. Okay. And then uh, the last week, Swade, Westbrook's been playing out of his mind. He's had but more moments. That game against Phoenix on that Friday night when yeah. he was trying everything to get that final assist to break the record, that bugged me. Yeah, it was bad. Bad luck. This is the best MVP race in a long time. And yeah. I see, I don't, like, most people are like, it has to be Westbrook. No argument. Look at the triple doubles. Or look at Harden. He's got the wins. You know, it's you know you can actually look at the whole big picture and say, you know what? I think there are four deserving guys. Yeah. I think if the Cavs played better, LeBron would have a strong case, but the way they play in the second half has not been good enough. Uh, Kawhi, what he does on defense, he doesn't have as flashy numbers in terms of assists like the other guys. But yeah. Durant could have made this a mess. Durant could have made it crazy if he yeah. didn't get hurt. Um, Feels I, like it's the two, though. More than ever, I'm actually okay with the whole co-MVP thing. I am, thing. too. Yeah. I don't know that it'll happen because they got to add up, right? But that'd be totally fine. Harden, uh, Westbrook, co-MVP. But, hey, guess what? We won't find out until late June. I don't like that. For the NBA Awards yeah. show. Give me a break. That After sucks. the finals. By the way, last thing then. Yeah. Who's the champ? Who's winning it all now that we uh, – Oh, my goodness. What? Too early on know. that? I haven't even looked at – I haven't – You know the playoffs. Do you need to know all the matchups? They're all set I now. I kind of. Yeah. Well, well, are you picking an eight seed to pull no, off an upset? No, but there's like a part of me, and I don't know if it's like the whole cool, hey, this would be an awesome storyline, but man, if you had the Clippers Warriors in the second round, like somehow the Clippers like woke up and like that was would a redemption. Be amazing. I mean, that's what I'm rooting for. Uh, but they can't beat them. It, maybe this is the year yeah. they wake up. I mean, they still won 50 games, okay. 50 plus games. Um, no, I, I guess I'd go with the Warriors. Hesitantly, huh? Yeah. But it's going to be fun. The East is going to be fun. If the Cavs don't win it, I mean. I don't feel like anyone over there can win, though, the whole thing. Like, they can yeah. win the East, but no chance against yeah. the West. I kind of like the Raptors or Wizards out of the East if the Cavs or don't do it. The Wizards can score, but what I like about the Raptors, they get toughness now. Yeah. Like, can Lowry actually play well in the playoffs, though? I don't know. Well, Deuce, I'll have to check out the latest in the Locked on Kings guest power rankings. But last report, you were two. We'll I've see got if you're the, on your way up. I've got the locked on Kings jacket though for most appearances. You're right. So who is close to me, honestly? In appearances, yeah, you're the lead. Uh, got You have competition though. Jerry Reynolds. Uh, he's all right. Jason Jones. James Ham. 
James Ham is yeah. close. He's close, but you're still ahead. Get you have the jacket. Here. You're the first jacket wearer. Okay, I'll take it. Fits nice. Looks good on you. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, Deuce. Yep. My thanks to Dave, Deuce, Mason, and to all of you that listened all season long. But don't worry. We're not going anywhere. Locked on Kings will continue. We'll talk about the playoffs. We'll talk about the Kings' offseason moves. We'll get more detailed into every player. We'll kind of uh, check it all out. We'll continue the Friday mailbag. So send questions there for Jason.Ross at CBSRadio.com or hit me up on Twitter at JasonRoss1140. I sincerely appreciate all the feedback, all the listens you've put in there. We're growing each and every day. And let's continue to grow together like the Kings, right? So thank you so much uh, from the bottom of my heart. I really do appreciate that. And I hope you all continue to listen. iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, find us each and every day. Let everyone know we're out there. And we thank you so much for listening to Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17